0: From Talk 910, KNEW, San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black.
1: It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. we got wide open phone lines. I know, why you say things like wide open? <laughs> Sometimes you have to be dramatic on radio. I don't get it you were to meet me for a beer, you'd be, that's the most boring man on the planet. But on radio, I'm the world's most interesting man. I studied Russian and French. I could bench press two small Asian women at the
0: same time. Excellent.
1: Oh, good golly. What do I have for you today? How's the stock market doing? I haven't looked at that in a while. I know this is a show dedicated to the whole stock market thing. I was just looking during the commercial break, Fidelity Investments. Uh, There's a a fund that I like. It's called Fidelity Southeast Asia, but it excludes Japan. Why do I want to exclude Japan? Because I hate old people. And Japan is a nation of old people where they promise too much to them, and they honor that promise. Now, in real life, I love old people. They smell great, and they're, they're cute when they can't figure out how to work a TV. But in the investment world, I hate old people. Because they're not big spenders, and they siphon off the system. Yes, they siphon off what they were promised in Social Security, but I still hate them. So the Fidelity Southeast Asia Fund, I was just taking a look at, up 30.9% year-to-date. It's kind of a large-cap value play in Asia. Now, it charges 1.1%, and that kind of freaks me out. But you know what? Going to a restaurant in Hong Kong and Indonesia and South Korea and Malaysia and the Philippines and the People's Republic of China and Singapore and Taiwan and Thailand, it also freaks me out. I'm not a big Asian real cuisine eater. I like American Chinese, where it's all nice and greasy and fried, and it's white chicken breast meat. Mmm, yummy, yummy, yummy. But when you actually have to eat internal viscera, and you have to eat feet and intestines, new, no, new, no, new, no, no, no. My palate was very spoiled by my uh, loving mother. Thank you very much. Um, large cap. Value. Fidelity Southeast Asia. F-S-E-A-X. F-S-E-A-X. Now, before I went to break, I was talking about AIG and how the new CEO... Oh, no, 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 no. How the old CEO, guy named Hank Greenberg. Jerk. Monster of a human being. Don't like him. Never have, never did. I listened to the conference call with him and Al Dunlop, the other uh, CEO of all-time Jerk Hall of Fame. Um, He's starting a business and he's siphoning money away from AIG. So in one way, he's very anti-American, but another way, taking advantage of a situation. Let's talk a little bit about a group that I absolutely positively hate. I refer to them as socialist Nazis. and You don't get me all politically riled up too often, but it's the American Association of Retired People, AARP. A lot of people don't know much about AARP. They just think, well, that's cute. My mom and dad turned fifty, and AARP reached out to them, and they get cheaper movie tickets, or they get help with understanding Medicaid and Medicare. That's cute. We got an organization that helps old people. Now AARP and the healthcare insurance legislation—you know—it's gonna be a big winner. The AARP, huge winner. And no one's no one's pissing their pants. No one's getting upset about the executives at AIG and how much money they're going to be pulling in. The only person who's going to do this is me. Me, Rob Black. Me, the, the man with the tiny voice in the Bay Area. Nation's preeminent seniors group, AARP, has put their weight. And for the record, AARP gives a lot, a lot of bad advice. And you know why they do it? They do it to make them dime off mom and dad. They put their name on product that your parents shouldn't be buying. Now, in their opinion, they should be buying it, but because they're getting the cash kickback, their their judgment's cloudy and fogged. So AARP has put the weight of 40 million members behind healthcare reform. So AARP is a big club. What's that mean? They got 40 million Americans who are willing to pay them to lobby for Their proposals think will lower costs and increase the quality of healthcare for older Americans. Now that sounds nice, right? But not advertised in this lobbying campaign. It's been the group's substantial earnings on insurance royalties the potential benefits that could come its way from many of the reform proposals. Now, the group and its subsidiaries collected more than $650 million in royalties and other fees last year from the sale of insurance policies. Now, credit cards and other products that carry that AARP logo on it, they made $650 million in royalties. You now, earlier in the show, I said British Petroleum, not too shabby, making $5 billion and a quarter. This is a group of 40 million people. That ain't that much. That's not like the world of oil consumers. They're making a crap load of money. And no one stops to say, what's up with that? American Association of Retired Persons, it heavily markets the policies on their website, in their mailing, and through ubiquitous advertising targeted at seniors. They pull in over a million one of revenue. $650 in, in revenues tied towards royalties tied towards annuities. And insurance products that are crap. Now, the group's dual role as an insurance reformer and a broker. It's getting more scrutiny on, on Main Street, but not enough. Congress is now starting to accuse them of having a conflict of interest in taking sides of the fierce debate over health insurance that makes them more money. Political self-interest ahead of seniors. Lawmakers are pointing to AARP's thriving business and marketing marketing branded Medigap policies, which provide supplemental coverage for standard Medicare plans available to the elderly. Now, so far, Democratic proposals to slash reimbursements for another program called Medicare Advantage are widely expected to drive up demand for private Medigap policies. Who's going to win? Hmm. Hmm. Will it be AARP? Absolutely. So you have to question the high salaries and the other perks that some AARP executives have, and you not say that they're subject to limits of executives' pay. You know, a lot of Americans go, "Hey, the insurance companies make too much money. Oh, the financial companies make too much money." Well, how about the Nazi groups, AARP? And I don't use the word Nazi lightly. There's only one other group in my 15 years I referred to as a Nazi group, and that is, and only, AARP. I think it's socialist. I think it's it's bad. I think it's bad for America. I think it's bad for the old people that it's serving. We're witnessing a disturbing trend to hand out special interest to AARP. I don't like it. AARP was started by a woman named Ethel Percy. <laughs> Ethel Percy. My mom's first name is Eunice. So I shouldn't laugh. I don't even know my, mom, my aunt's name. What is my aunt's name? My aunt has an awful name as well. Oh, good God. I'll think of it. Um, anyway, witnessing a disturbing trend of Han- Oh, Madi, Maudie and Eunice. Can you imagine two worse names to give kids? But Eunice is very Southern. So I come from a Southern family. Now, ARP's is lobbying for government-run health care so they could pad their own executives' pockets. But Ethel Percy, who started this group, Ethel Percy Andrus, started the group to help retired school teachers find health insurance in years before Medicare. It had a noble intent. The group relies more than ever on payments from auto, from health and life insurance, According to their financial statements, from 2007 to 2008, ARP royalties from insurance plans, credit cards, and other branded products up 31% in one year. From less than 500 million to 652 million, making these fees primary source of revenue. They have a conflict of interest. They got a relationship like United Healthcare. ARP is a major powerhouse in Washington. They spend $37 million on lobbying. I wish we could just shoot all lobbyists, just throw them in the, the ocean with concrete shoes. I know you're saying, Rob, then you have to count on politicians to figure out what they're going to vote for because they'd no longer be taking money from the lobbyists telling them what to vote for. Yeah, I guess there would be a problem because suddenly the politicians in Washington would be shown to be what they are. Basically know nothing to sell their votes. So, yeah, I'm a little bit jaded, (laughs) a little bit jaded. So coming up next segment, I'm going to talk about retirement readiness for those exact people that we're talking about. The American Association of Retirement People. The retirees in America. How ready are you for retirement? How ready is mom and dad for retirement? You're listening to the Rob Black Show. You can get your calls in the air. Agree with me? Disagree with me? Come on, oldies. Come on, seniors. You age handicap people. Time's running out on you. Pick up the phone and tell me why you like AARP. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Tick, 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 tick. It's the clock and people are over 60. It's coming for you. Rob Black Show, talk910.com, talk910.com. You listen to 910 a.m. more stimulating talk.
0: Get in the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. It's
1: Rob Black Show, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial i appreciate your support i've got a crazy head flu chest flu thing that finally today the the on the lungs is starting to break off and big old sheer forces large part thanks to heidi and her green tea making skills she's got mad green tea making skills who wouldn't want that and sadly she's taken lady men or ladies too Ladies and gentlemen, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. 910.com. Talk910.com. I've got uh, 100 Things That I Hate. It's a funny show. It's, every now and then I try to do these theme shows, although management doesn't want me to call them theme shows. And it's just off cue, but I swear to you, there's investment information inside of them. What I try to do is give you financial advice without boring you out of your mind. My, my joke or my reference to saying I hate old people and I think we should grind them up and put them on bread and crackers and eat them. It's just to point out, you know, we pay a lot of taxes. They don't pay a lot of taxes. We have a nation that provides for them. And the longer that they live, the less we're going to have in disposable income for us because our disposable income will go away due to higher taxes to support the people we've promised. Do I have an opinion on what's right or wrong? I do. What I'm trying to do is stimulate you. What I'm trying to do is tickle you. What I'm trying to do is get you to think about some of this stuff. F- retirement readiness, it falls on housing. The last three years have been brutal. Rape, murder, death, fire on housing. Fewer households are prepared for retirement after the homes that they've invested in and their investment for li- portfolios has declined in the recession. There's some statistics out today that almost are sad. 51% of Americans will be unable to maintain their standard of living if they retired at age 65. If you go back to 2007, that was 44%. That number jumped big. 51% of Americans are going to go beneath their current standard of living. Is that what you're expecting? Or were you expecting your golden years to be kind of nice? Like your parents, you know, spoil the grandkids. You're not going to be able to spoil the grandkids. You may not even be able to fly to see the grandkids. Real problem behind this is that so many households are dependent on their home values. Home prices came back down to normal levels in most of America, but not California. We wake up, well, California minus the coast. Yeah, California home prices have come back to normal levels, excuse me. But we wake up one day and we realize we didn't have adequate savings. Americans are facing a decline in the value of their homes, but also their 401k. The average 401k fell by about a third in 2008. And people aren't saving enough. Listen to this. The average home in the United States... Worth one hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. Let's say you were to sell that in retirement. you were to take out four percent, roughly what seven thousand a year. That's not a lot of money. You can't take out more than four percent because inflation's going be to be two to four percent. So the money that you leave invested has to now suddenly get six to eight percent, six to ten percent returns. The average balance of a four hundred one k. It's $45,000. That's it. People haven't saved enough money. You need a million dollar home to pay you $40,000 a year till the day you die in retirement. You need a million dollar nest egg. 401k to pay you a million dollars until um, sorry, pay $40,000 till the day you die. Now, equity markets have improved since 2009, climbing 18% this year before today. Individuals in higher income brackets with more stock holdings are going to benefit. Most from the index recovery. For non-upper-income Americans, they were just housing dependent. So I'm a high-income dude. I got money in bonds. I got money in stocks. I got money in real estate. I got money coming out my ears. But not a lot of us are like that. The U.S. personal savings rate, this is sad and pathetic. And I blame you. You. That's right, you. The person right next to me. I have a spot ready for you. Right next to me, personal savings rate fell to 3%. Yes, I hate that commercial that Clear Channel made me do, trying to push radio sales, but it's okay. I'll do it. I'll humiliate myself for the chance to have the microphone for two hours a day. U.S. personal savings rate fell to 3% of disposable income. Now, that doesn't include 401ks. That's important to note. Now, back in 1992, I'll give you a second. How much do you think we were saving? How much do you think we're saving? In 1992. Almost 9%. The savings rate needs to increase to 8-10% to compensate for the drop in retirement funds. We're running dry. What do I mean by we're running dry? Social Security statistics show that 2.57 million people requested Social Security benefits in the 12 months into September. That's up from 2.1 million same period a year ago. What does that mean? Oh my God, No. It's the zombie baby boomers. The baby boomers who are no longer paying taxes. They're zombies to our economy. Those born right after World War II, they're starting to retire. Applications for benefits rose and was 50% more than expected this year because of the recession. These zombie baby boomers, their homes went down in value. Their stock market went down in value. Their 401k. So what are they doing? They're saying, government, we need your help. Now the shift in age of full eligibility for benefits from 65 to 67, it erodes the income available to those who plan to retire at 65. Social Security Trust Fund is going to run out of assets in 2037. Now, Barack Obama's doing great. Healthcare, trillion dollars. We could have solved Social Security with that trillion dollars. But no, we're gonna give healthcare to people. We're gonna give healthcare to Californians who believe that they should go get medical marijuana. We're going to give healthcare to people who've never paid a cent in the system who suddenly start smoking. We're going to give healthcare to smokers who've never paid a cent in the system and subsidize their healthcare costs when they get cancer. The shift in the age of full eligibility from 65 to 67 further erodes the income available to those who want to retire at 65. Eligibility requirements and average retirement ages are likely to be increased. Why? Because Social Security is going to run out of money. So by the time you and I get to Social Security... We're, you're not going to be able to take it until 70, or 70 and a half, or 72, or 75. Can you imagine working when you're 75? Everything on my body, gravity will own everything on my body. It's unattractive. You don't want to see Rob Black, 75 years old, at the workplace. It's my opinion. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Ron in Redwood City. Ron?
2: Oh, hi, Rob. Hey, I had a question about Social Security, but I wanted to tell you real quick. You know, I was walking in a retail store in Palo Alto, and I tripped on a dog water bowl. They put these dog water bowls right by the front door. I almost broke my neck, and the lady didn't even say she was sorry. So I know what you mean about dogs.
1: I don't, again, for the record, I love dogs, and I have a dog, but I think we're out of control. Especially, I mean,
2: I almost broke my leg, and then she went and ran over and filled it up again. So it's probably not up to code, but if they get sued, you know. But anyway, Social Security, my friend, is 61, and she doesn't know if she should take 1200 a month at age 62 or wait till she's 65 and get like 1500 a month.
1: A lot of this is going to depend on her age yeah. and how comfortable she is with her health. And is she still working?
2: Yeah, because she will have – she'll get Medicare at 65, and she does have to pay – for her health coverage until she's kind of 65. So, yeah, I see what you mean there. Yeah. So,
1: if you can put it off and you're healthy, it's, it's okay to do. But taking 80% of your Social Security at age 62 is more profitable than taking 100% at age 65. When you turn 62, most financial planners will say, take the money and run, unless she's doing okay in income. And unless, and those both have to be true, Um. Unless she's uh, comes from a family that lived to a hundred, kind of the situation. Like, if she doesn't have enough assets saved for retirement, work as long as you can and delay Social Security. Um, if she has plenty of assets, she's a good health. Bad health, take it at sixty two. Depends right. on how much asset she has, in my opinion.
2: All right, sounds good.
1: And Ron, I would really want to meet with her before you actually give her that advice because there's going to be some other issues as well. And thanks for the call. All right, let's go to Lee in Castro Valley. Lee.
3: How you doing? I'm okay. I had a question about uh, credit. Um, I'm one of those people that credit debt. Yep. And I owe Bank of America fifteen thousand. Okay. Yep. They called, and made me a deal. They said if I pay them twenty five hundred dollars in three payments, they'll forgive the debt, and then they'll ten ninety nine me at the end of the year. Yep. Is that a good deal?
1: It's a great deal. Can you afford the taxes on that?
3: Well, thing is, I'm collecting Social Security. <laughs> Uh-huh. Is that going to put me over my limit, and then I lose that? Or
1: yeah, that's probably going to put you over your limit. So yeah,
3: you know uh, what I'm saying.
1: But would I take fifteen thousand dollars in credit card debt to be forgiven for seven thousand five hundred dollars plus twenty
3: five hundred? They said, but they ten ninety nine. No, you then. said
1: twenty five hundred times three. Pardon me. You said twenty five hundred times three.
3: Well, no, twenty five hundred and and make three payments of uh, whatever divides by three.
1: So only eight hundred dollars.
3: Eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah, holy
1: mackerel! Even a better deal.
3: But that ten ninety nine at the end of the year—that's the difference of
1: what 13, fourteen thousand. It's fourteen thousand two hundred odd dollars. Yeah. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said twenty five hundred. Yeah. Um, 30, I was using the eight hundred number. So ultimately, you're looking at twelve thousand five hundred dollars in a ten ninety nine. So you're going to get taxed about four thousand dollars. If you're in a high tax bracket, if you're in a low tax bracket, you're looking at more like two thousand. At that point in time, Lee, I'd make a deal with the Social Security uh, uh, IRS and say, I, I need, you know, I'm poor. I got no money. I could show you I got no money. Show yeah. them your budget. Show them your income, and say I need to spread this out over two years, three years. The IRS, believe it or not, will work with you as long as you don't lie to them. And the more you lie to them, the more trouble you get into. But I would, in a heartbeat, take twenty five hundred dollars plus taxes of anywhere between one and three thousand dollars. Um, oh, okay. With that said, Lee, you know, it's it
3: on your record as, yeah. You
1: know. well, right now you're a deadbeat on your record. You know, you're, you're 15,000, you're behind, I'm you dead. can't pay it. So it's like being called Frankenstein it's monster versus the vampire. It's, it's, it doesn't really matter. Lee, a lot of people get too caught up in, in situations. You're given an opportunity to basically walking away with 10,000 plus dollars forgiven. That's a lot of money. Now, what I would do is I would make sure bank of America sends the terms I get it in writing. You get it in writing. You sign it. um, You endorse the check, says, you know, this check only payable if agreement A123456 goes into effect. Okay. Um, And all debt is forgiven. So, uh, but again, step out of it, Lee, if you can. Try to get a job anywhere you can Home Depot, 7 Eleven, busing tables. Uh being in your situation is not good. The faster you get out of it the better. And if you have to start with, you know, working in slimy, you know, dishwater, dishwashing conditions, that's that's a start. It's it's climbing out of the the bottom. So good luck to you, Lee. All right, thank you. So, thanks for the call. Absolutely. Absolutely settle that debt. $800 three payments if you can afford it. Now, again, social security, I don't know his exact scenario there, and I don't know exactly how much he's going to lose, so um, He's going to have to factor that in. So, but $10,000 to be forgiven. Whew, I'd strongly consider it. 800 345 to get your calls in there. There's a, no other financial radio show like this. This is the only financial radio show you need. In my opinion. <laughs> Watch out for the Pat Matucci's of the world who sell loaded product. Good guy, but damn, he sells crap product. 800-345-5639 To get your calls in the air It's 800-345-5639 It's the Rob Black Show 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk
3: At
1: this point in the show I start really running out of content My good content Tied towards the Apple Tablet and the Sydney Mortal Herald. Yeah. My Netflix blown. My Intel blown. My Canon blown. My British Petroleum blown. Ooh, I know what I could talk about. Give me a little baseball music. dun dun, 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 dun. Oh, I guess it's NFL. What is baseball music? Does baseball have music? Oh, it's that awful John Fogerty song. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Today. Centerfield. Should I wait for it or should I just run with it? Run! Return of the Yankees to the World Series and the Philadelphia Phillies. This is actually a big investment story. It could lead to record ratings increase for Fox, who's owned by News Corp. Now, the Phillies beat Tampa last year in five games. So they got that first championship. If they can get a second one, people start going, ooh, Dynasty. Now, here's the kicker we on the West Coast don't care. We've got a glorious hockey team that we love and we adore. We've got a new quarterback again in Alex Smith that we love and adore. We got the LA, whoops, Oakland Raiders that we love to kick when they're down. We can't really watch them because they get blacked out more often than not. News Corp Fox Sports, they're going to benefit this year. Last year's ratings stunk. This year's rating's good. Yankees, you love them or you hate them, but you watch them. And what's weird about it is my spouse, my sugar booger goes, "Why why is every Yankee good looking? It's weird. They're a good looking bunch of men. I don't get it. I guess when you make $250 million, you can afford to have some cream on your face on occasion. So News Corp's Fox Sports said it's going to benefit from the inclusion of the 26-time champion Yankees who play in the world's biggest television market. Of course, they would rather be playing the Dodgers, because you get the biggest market with the second biggest market. And with Philadelphia, you get, eh, you get a mean city. Philadelphia once booed Santa Claus. That's effed up. Why would you boo Santa Claus? Okay, I would boost Santa Claus because he's all about extravagant gifts and all, but you get the idea. The best seven series between the Phillies and Yankees begins tomorrow at Yankee Stadium. World Series. Last year was seen by what percentage of homes? It's pitiful. Last year was 8.4. I remember. I remember being a child in the magic of television, the magic of the World Series. Never really sat with Dad and watched the World Series. My dad was a pretty hardcore alcoholic. He wasn't the alcoholic who would drink and hit. He was the kind of alcoholic who would work too much. Workaholic. He was the kind of alcoholic who would disappear into work when he got home. But anyway, so I watched baseball with my brother Dave. One of my first words as a kid was saying the word day-day. I know. Moms wanted to be mama. Dads wanted to be dada. But I said day-day. Or David. Greatest thing in my life was my brother David as a kid. He was my father. I had four brothers, and we referred to my father. I referred to my father. I had four fathers. And my, my real dad. But I, until later in life, I didn't really appreciate my dad. Because I was taught things from different brothers. I was taught about wisdom by Peter. He taught me how to play chess. Clint taught me about hippie music. My oldest brother is a hippie. So Dave, he taught me birds and the bees and how to read. Taught me sports. Taught me the love of baseball. So the advertising perspective in baseball, they would have loved the Yankees-Dodgers. Because Dodgers, you would have had Joe Torre, ex-Yankee manager. Dodgers, you would have had Don Mattingly, Mr. Yankee. Now, the worst would have been the Dodgers and Angels. So this is kind of an in-between. Now, what's interesting is the Philadelphia Phillies, they're starting to become referred to as the 2000s version of the Big Red Machine. You know, big cities like Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, Chicago, Cubs, they draw a huge crowd. But every now and then, America falls in love with a franchise where they're like, oh, my God, like that lineup is inspired. Ryan Howard is a stud, 29 years old. Most Valuable Player in 2006, 198 home runs over four seasons. He's a stud. 2000 MVP Jimmy Rollins, four-time All-Star Chase Utley. Cy Young Award winners Cliff Lee and Pedro Martinez. So there's some comparisons to the, the Reds, the big Red machine in the 1970s. Johnny Bench. He was just a fantastic catcher. Just a solid, steady catcher. Called a good game. First baseman Tony Perez. Second baseman Joe Morgan. Hall of Fame inductions. I mean, third baseman, Pete Rose, still not in the Hall of Fame. Not going to be in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. But there were some other people like Davey Concepcion and Ken Griffey. Terrific lineup. And America's kind of getting that with the Philadelphia Phillies at this point in time. I'm not saying that they're definitely getting it. I'm just saying I'm looking forward to a distraction of the Yankees in the World Series. It's nice. Now, who do I hate right now? California home builders. You know who's pushing for the extension of tax credits? Home builders, real estate agents, and mortgage lenders. It's not the people who are responsible. It's the people who got us irresponsibly drunk on, on low-cost loans and, and loans that we couldn't afford to buy a home with. With the drunken promise of, it'll be okay tomorrow. You wake up and stuff's torn and bleeding. It wasn't okay tomorrow. So the $10,000 tax credit for buying a new home, guess who wants it to come back? Yay, you got it right. The California building industry, new home activities down since the money ran out. Since the, Now, again, that $10,000 that they give you, it, it's not the state of California giving it to you. It's me. It's Heidi. It's our general manager and program director, John Scott. Hi, this is John Scott. Coming on 1110 on 1010 at 910. We have a special announcement. Pretty good impression, huh? ha. <laughs> Don't think I'm not going to use that against them. Now, since the discontinuation of the popular home buyer credit, we've seen a significant drop in traffic these past few months. Continues to be a drag to new loan home construction. So, home builders need this. Now, who pays for this? It's me and you. Why do I want to pay for some young whippersnapper couple to buy a new home? I don't. Pay down our debt $43 billion. Put that $10,000 to that. Write a check to your Amex, Schwarzenegger. Don't give it to people. Now, yes, here's the nice thing. When you give it to people, they got in, they go to Home Depot, they buy paint. At Home Depot, you get the guy who's mentally retarded to greets you at the door. He has a job, so that's good. So he goes home, and he spends money. You get the guy at Home Depot who's got a big old butt crack, and he shows you how to put paint on a wall. And that's good. And, by the way, I'd spackle that butt crack if it were me. But it's good that these blue-collar people get jobs. And then you get the people who come to your house and turn the wrench and the electricians who wire your house. But for the credit, right? ENS Electric in San Carlos, don't use. Don't use. Bad electrician. Bad, bad, bad. When your wires in your house go bzzz, after he leaves the house, when the wires are talking to you, not good. Not good, Eric, at ENS Electric. Anyway, um, India's Central Bank, they've tightened monetary policy. I know you said, are you done with that home building story? I know. I don't understand transitions. See, this show is kind of a free-form Generation X mentality on money. I'll never, I'll ever, ever, ever Lynn Jimenez you. I will never give you knowledge that's one inch deep and a mile wide, which, for the record, she now is going into Google as being Lynn jimenez I will never give you bad advice. I will give you my best advice. I will give you the best insight on how money works. Okay. About to fall over. I'm getting too excited today. I'm recovering from the flu. I've got the strength of 10 midgets. That's pretty good. It's pretty strong. They got leverage. So anyway, India's central bank, they've taken the first step towards tightening monetary policy. What's that mean? That means Rob Black's money that's in India, it might start coming down because they're fighting inflation. They're not growing. They're not trying to inflate. They're trying to deflate. Slow it down, Nelly. Slow it down. That's what they're saying in India. If they had someone named Nelly, they would say, slow it down, Nelly. So the Reserve Bank of India, also known as the RBI, do we need more alphabet soups? India's Central Bank uh, sharply raised inflation expectations for the year. You know what inflation's like in India? Six and a half percent. It's too much. So they're going to start fighting inflation. The Royal Reserve Bank of Australia. I made up the royal part, but the Reserve Bank of Australia, also known as the RBA. They've already cut. They've already started raising interest rates. They're already fighting inflation. So suddenly, I'm going to tell you the truth. I like Asia a little bit less. I like where the easy money is. I don't play this game in the toughest way. China. I bring you gifts from China. China Economist says 10% raise in 2010 exports. Whoa, Nelly, you're counting on the world to to consume a lot of your goodies, China. China is going to keep pro-export policies in place even though overseas shipments are likely to grow about 10%. That's a conservative forecast. In the month of September, you know what they were growing? 15.2%. I don't know. I think Beijing is being a little bit aggressive with some of their numbers. Now, do I like Asia? Yes, I do. And when I talk Asia, I'm talking India. I'm talking China. I'm talking Australia. Still don't like the Japanese. Don't like them. Don't trust them. I had to break 800-345-5639 it's 800 help me out with my voice come on people I'm dying here it's Rob Black's show 910am talk910.com talk910.com see a picture of Maisie the Wonder Dog and uh, drop me an email rob at robblack.com rob at robblack.com Black show, I'm Rob Black talking about all things financial. I'm running out of steam. I got a little bit of flu and uh, last ten minutes to the finish line. Must stay awake. Must not fall asleep. Must stay awake. Let's talk about a little bit about Wall Street at this point in time. What are we seeing today? We're seeing a market that really, really wants to correct. We're seeing a market that's starting to get fascinated with the dollar. And I would be fine. I would be fine if the market were to correct. Most no stocks have fallen for a third day in a row. Stronger than expected demand in a treasury auction. What's that mean? United States government issues treasuries. And when they issue treasuries, they're basically saying, we put our full faith behind this and we'll pay back, world. And there was just a huge demand for it. So if they're doing a treasury swap auction couple billion dollars well suddenly some people aren't buying stocks they're buying treasuries alcoa disney and bank of america they've lost at least one and a half percent after the conference board's gauge of sentiment trailed expectations there's a drop in consumer expectations on the strength of the recovery why is that why do you think people are a little bit worried about the recovery right now i can tell you it's the media I'm not blaming the media. I'm not saying they're Jewish. I'm not saying they're conservative. I'm not saying they're liberal. I'll tell you the truth about about consumer confidence and about the media. The media, we're stretched thin. We're trying to make magic out of nothing. Like that air supply song, out of nothing at all. We try to make love out of nothing at all. Sometimes we got the budget for it, sometimes we don't. Hardcore reporting, it takes money. So the media, they see an APA report that says America's scared about the economy. It's like, sweet, someone's already written this for us. Conference Board Consumer Confidence, it took a turn for the worse. And again, I'm blaming the media. Workers are starting, workers are understanding that while the economic situation is aggregate, it's increasing. And yet they may be hard-pressed to see the benefits. We know the economy is chugging along, but we're not seeing jobs of our friends being created. Until many workers can experience some tangible benefit in the recovery, they're going to continue to believe that their situation is not getting better. The weak recovery theory, it drove what's called the present situation confidence. There's consumer confidence that looks retroactive. There's consumer confidence that looks down the road. the lowest level since February of 1983. Back when you were a wee little child, you were a glint in mommy and daddy's eye, maybe. You're 26 years old, maybe. You're older than that, you're probably pretty well developed. So the decrease in consumer confidence, it doesn't really necessarily translate into decreased consumer spending. That's the thing I, I need to get out there for you. Do you know what typically drives people's consumer confidence? It's retardedly simple. It's the price of gasoline. The main drivers of consumption growth are current and expected income and available credit. And we are getting more income and available credit. The consumer still faces difficult constraints in both sectors. But it's not as difficult as it was a year ago. This consumer confidence number is wacky. Basically all wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's all wrong. But also, we as consumers, if we have money coming in... And somewhere around 80 to 90% of us do have jobs who want jobs. We spend our money. I can't wait to get healthy enough to eat a big old chicken burger. Don't want to eat it right now, but I can't wait because, mmm, chicken burger that they make in San Carlos is a good chicken burger. Now, Facebook, interestingly enough, here's a company that a lot of people go,
0: meh,
1: I don't get Facebook. Meh it would be a funny sound to isolate. I'm sure you're already on top of it. Um, Facebook is starting to work out for small businesses pretty intelligently. There's a company called Sprinkles Cupcakes, and they are the cupcakes of the stars. They're Beverly Hills Baker, and they have a Facebook profile. And what's happening is, you know, you'll see Britney Spears. You'll see her uh, eating a ho-ho or a cupcake from Sprinkles Cupcakes. And you'll go, I want to be that person, too. I want to be Britney Sprinkles announced a secret word at their website. They announced a secret word on their Facebook page. And the first 25 to 50 people who show up at any of their stores and whisper it, they get a free cupcake. That's for good marketing. You know how much money it costs to market on Facebook? Nada. Almost nothing. If, if you're starting to up a group called, I like cupcakes, you're basically already in the market. Like, for instance, there's a bar in town that I like. It's honestly the dirtiest and nastiest, worst bar on the planet. I'm going to name the name because I think they're proud to be the dirtiest, nastiest, coldest bar on the planet. It's cold when you go in there. Like, you need to, to bundle up it so cold. It's called Grumpy's. And what Grumpy's should do, I'm not telling you how to market, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm going to tell you how to market. They should say, you come in and you show us that your Facebook page says your favorite bar is Grumpy's. I'll give you half off a beer. Beer. How many people stop at one beer? I'll give you one beer. So you come in, you show up your Facebook page. Now, of course, you're going to change it right before you get there, right? And you're going to change it right after you leave. But they still got you to come in and they still gave you a, a discount that their still profit margins are huge on. People just don't know how to market. Facebook doesn't break out figures for small business, but says it has 1.4 million business pages with an average 100 fans per page. There's all sorts of fan pages. It's not just for friends. It's inexpensive marketing for for people who, I don't know, for people who want to market. Business needs to go where the customers are, and where are the customers? We're not watching television anymore. We're sitting on our Facebook and other social media sites. I got an email from my boss last night. My television boss emailed me. I'm not going to kid you. 10 o'clock at night, said, can we have a meeting on Wednesday? I'm like, uh uh-oh, there it is. I finally blew it. I finally said Kron's media news isn't deep enough, or I finally said something that pissed him off. So I panicked. I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to lose my job. That's fantastic. I can't wait to be fired. I can't wait. I'll be a Little League soccer coach. I'll start a bar. I'll I'll do more online social media. I'll I'll start a video website up on on money and finances. I can't wait. Excellent. Well, that just broke my train of thought. Choo-choo um so i got on facebook and i started reaching out to my friends i'm like what do you know about this why do you think he's calling he's emailing me at 10 o'clock and what's he doing in the office at 10 Uh uh-oh the station's gonna get sold Uh uh-oh station's gonna do this Uh uh-oh so i started reaching out to everyone he's like nah ratings at your show stink they need to get the ratings up so good so we're gonna and he reached out to me later and because i get paranoid i'm like you i get paranoid so I reach out to all my Facebook buddies, and that's what I use Facebook for. It's just professional relationships for me. I don't really have friends. <laughs> I really don't. When was the last time someone hung out with me? Joe Cannon was the last person to hung out with me. Soccer superstar goalkeeper hung out with me. That was fun. But I don't really have friends. Facebook is becoming incredibly combative with who? With who? With who? 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 Answer it. They're coming combative with Google. Great Googlita Mooglita. Google wants online ad searches. Who owns part of Facebook? Microsoft. Facebook is getting to where people are. That's your investment lesson of the day. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Tomorrow I'm going to do a show on Send. What I'm going to ask of you is call in with your dirty, nasty, naughty websites. Hopefully they're free I'm gonna... Yeah, don't forget to bring some Lysol tomorrow Especially in this studio um, I'm going to talk about vices I'm going to talk about investing in tobacco I'm going to talk about investing in guns I'm going to talk about investing in sex Things that have been around since the beginning of time Things that will be around long after you're dead Sometimes when you hear me talk like this I'm out of content And I'm just trying to stretch the content as long as I can. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I'll be back in 22 hours.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.